Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome, so welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission and our fellowship, and most important, you are welcome at the Lord's table. Well, friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we're kicking off our four-week sermon series entitled Footsteps of the Faithful. During these weeks, we're going to consider what does God want from me in this life? We all know that we are supposed to live faithfully, right? But what does faithful living look like? What does it mean to walk in the footsteps of the faithful? As a way of exploring those key questions, we're going to be considering the lives of four individual Christians, four real-life Christians who undoubtedly ask those very same questions. All four were just regular folks, ordinary people like you and me, but each of them found themselves in extraordinary circumstances. And each of them responded to their circumstances in extraordinary and I think memorable ways. Their faith led them to make choices, and because of their choices, they each became an example of faithful living. So, let's get started, shall we? We can't talk about Father Damien without first talking about Jesus and the commands that Jesus gave. You remember the two most important, I hope, love God above all things and love your neighbor as you love yourself. In Matthew 25, Jesus goes a step further, commanding his disciples and commanding us in Jesus' own words, whatever you've done to the least of these, my sisters and brothers, guess what? You've done it for me. Keep that verse in mind as we meet Father Damien. He was born in 1840 in Tremolo, Belgium, given the name Joseph, the youngest of seven children, the fourth son of a corn merchant, of all things, Franz de Wurster and his wife Cato. Two of his sisters became nuns, and his beloved older brother August was a priest. Young Joseph aspired to follow in his brother's footsteps, but no such luck. He started school, but his father needed him on the farm. And at the age of 13, Joseph was pulled out of school to help at home. But still he longed to be a priest. And even though he lacked formal education, the church eventually recognized his passion and all that he had learned privately from his priest brother. They made an exception, and they allowed Joseph to train for the priesthood. 
it would seem that God had some special plans for young Joseph, who took a new name, Damien, at his ordination. And it turned out that those special plans involved a ship. It seems that Father Damien's older brother, August, his mentor, his inspiration, was scheduled to board this ship to travel halfway around the world to an entirely new mission field. But as bad luck, or God's plan, would have it, when the ship was ready to sail, guess what? Damien's brother was quite ill and unable to travel. So Damien volunteered to take his place. And that new mission field, where would it be? Well, guess what? It was Hawaii. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. Bummer of an assignment, right? Let's all feel real bad for Father Damien. Like, not at all, am I right? Just curious, how many of us here have been to Hawaii? Raise your hand. Holy cow. <laughs> now, how many of us would like to go to Hawaii? Raise your hand. If not in this season, maybe come January? So this tropical paradise, this wonderful, beautiful, warm, tropical paradise. Wow. You may remember that Captain James Cook was the first European to set foot on the Hawaiian Islands back in 1778. And now, almost 90 years later, in Father Damien's time, there was a lot of commerce, a lot of travel established between those islands and the larger world. In March of 1864, even as the Civil War was raging in the United States, Father Damien arrived on that ship in the Honolulu Harbor on Oahu. He was assigned to serve several parishes on Oahu, but he wouldn't be there for long. You see, as beautiful a place as Hawaii is, there was trouble real trouble in paradise. The kingdom of Hawaii was struggling with a genuine health crisis. Thousands of native Hawaiians were dying every year due to infectious diseases brought to Hawaii by foreign traders, by sailors and immigrants. Smallpox, cholera, influenza, syphilis, whooping cough, these were all diseases that Pacific Islanders had no immunity to. And these illnesses were taking a terrible toll. No, Father Damien soon found himself on a ship again. But this time the journey would be much shorter. His destination? The island of Molokai, which means the gathering of ocean waters. Here you can see the eight main islands of the 137 that make up the Hawaiian atoll. You can see Honolulu, uh, about third island in from the left. That's on Oahu. And Molokai is just to the east, about 66 miles from Honolulu to Father Damien's destination. 
Here's a close-up map of the island called Malachi. And Father Damien's assignment was sending him to a specific place on the north coast of Malachi, right here in the circle, a place called Kalaupapa. Kalaupapa. Fun to say. Let's say it together. <laughs> Kalaupapa. Kalaupapa. You watch. I'll stumble yet on that. Now, I want to be clear about something. Kalaupapa is not the garden spot of Malachi. Quite the contrary, it's terrifically remote and an incredibly isolated place from the rest of the island. In this aerial view, you can see how the community of Kalaupapa is trapped by the ocean to the north and steep, high volcanic mountains to the east, west, and south. Well, guess what? The site of Kalaupapa was chosen exactly because of its remoteness. You see, Kalaupapa is a leper colony, a place where victims of leprosy were sent to live out their dreadful lives. So what's leprosy? We all know how lepers were treated in Bible times. In the 19th century, there wasn't an effective treatment yet for this dreaded disease, and it still elicited the same horror and disgust and fear that it did when Jesus miraculously cured lepers. Today, it's more commonly known as Hansen's disease, caused by a bacterial infection and known for these symptoms. Disfigurement, deteriorating eyesight, breathing issues, nerve degeneration, including the loss of pain sensitivity. And of course, its victims faced immense social stigmas. Everybody believed that leprosy was highly contagious, even though we know now that it's not especially so. But everyone knew it was incurable. It arrived in Hawaii in the 1830s and 40s, and by 1866, the Hawaiian government passed the Act to Prevent the Spread of Leprosy, a law that quarantined all lepers to this remote part of Molokai. So can you imagine what that must have been like to be diagnosed with leprosy? To be uprooted from your family, your job, everyone you knew, and to be shipped off to this distant place where you're expected by absolutely everyone to live out your shortened life? You were literally an outcast, an outcast, thrown out like the trash. Kala Upapa was a dump for lepers. When we talk about Jesus talking about the least. These are the least. It would be 18, 1969 before the colony is finally closed. Thanks to medical breakthroughs and a new understanding about Hansen's disease and how to treat it. But over the course of its 103 years of the colony existing, over 8,000 people lived and died there, 
and it was a miserable life indeed. Think about these conditions. There was no good source of drinking water in the colony. People had to collect rainwater in baskets made of leaves. The houses they lived in were built of driftwood and sticks and palm fronds, whatever they could find. Doctors sent by the government by ship dumped their medicine and other supplies into the harbor and wouldn't even step foot in the colony. So great was their fear of leprosy. So this was the wretched place of suffering and sorrow where Father Damien would find his true calling. Remarkably, this is the place he would call home. Now, it's fitting that Father Damien should have taken the name he did when he was ordained. Remember, he had been Joseph. After all, the original Damien, who lived long before the missionary to Hawaii, that first Damien had been one of two doctors, in fact, two brothers who were doctors, who were both executed 1,500 years earlier. Why were they executed? Apparently, they felt called by the example of Christ to care for the sick, even if the sick person couldn't afford to pay. The brothers cared for the poor without requiring payment, which led to jealousy and treachery by the non-Christian doctor who reported them to the Roman authorities. Ironic, isn't it, that the love for those in need would cost these doctors their lives? Which is exactly the path that Father Damien would follow. The man had a heart full of love for people in need. And even though he knew the risks of life among lepers, it's the life he felt called to embrace. And embrace it, he did. Here's a photo of the church he and the inhabitants of Kalaupapa built early in his time there. But that was only the beginning of what Damien undertook with his flock. He tended to their medical needs. He dressed their wounds. He comforted the dying. Together they built a reservoir, finally securing a source for clean water. They built homes. They built a wood shop where they could construct furniture. He made coffins and dug graves. He taught them and he painted houses and he organized gardens and farms. He ate food by hand with the lepers. He lived with them as equals. He treated them with dignity and respect that the rest of the world said they didn't deserve. Here's another picture of Father Damien surrounded by those he called his children, his brothers and sisters in Christ. Sixteen years. For sixteen years, Father Damien poured his every ounce of energy into his family at Kalawupapa. He shared his faith through preaching. But more importantly, he lived his faith. He lived his love every single day among them. 
It was December of 1884 that Father Damien was getting ready to take a bath when he stepped into scalding hot water that he hadn't yet diluted. The skin on his foot immediately blistered. But Damien felt nothing. He knew then that leprosy had finally caught up with him too, that it was only a matter of time now. So he threw himself even more vigorously, more passionately into his work. There was a new orphanage to build. There were several other building projects. Word of his sickness reached Oahu, and four volunteers came to assist him in his work. You can see in this picture the distortion of his hand already, a common symptom of leprosy. In March of 1889, Damien was bedridden. He knew the end was near. On March 30th, he gave his general confession. He died on April 15th at the age of 49. The next day, as you would expect, the whole settlement followed the funeral procession into the cemetery, and Father Damien was laid to rest under the very same tree where he first slept when he arrived in Molokai. Well, those of you who have been to Hawaii, I don't know if you have, but you can visit Kalaupapa today. In fact, it's essentially a shrine to the leper colony's history and the legacy of the man who felt compelled to serve it in Jesus' name. The church he built still stands there, as do many of the other buildings that Damien and his flock worked against disease and time itself to construct. And his grave, as you can see, is an enduring place of remembrance and affection for this simple missionary who gave his all for the people who needed so desperately to be cared for, to be respected as human beings, to be loved. But you know, it isn't just on Malachi that Father Damien is remembered. If you go to the grounds of the Hawaii State Capitol building, you can see this statue of Father Damien today. Schools have been named for him, not just in Hawaii, but around the world. Today there's a museum in his hometown of Tremelo, Belgium. In fact, in 2005, the people of Belgium took a vote and they named him the greatest Belgian in that country's history. Which brings us back to where we started this morning with Jesus' words to his disciples and to us. You know that there is no shortage of suffering in the world. That hasn't changed much from the very first humans. But what we do, how we respond in the face of suffering, that's what we're called to consider today. Father Damien reminds us that Jesus' commandment is clear. We are to see Jesus' face when we look at those in need. We wouldn't leave Jesus hungry or starving, would we? We wouldn't leave Jesus 
to suffer in loneliness or sorrow. We wouldn't leave Jesus without shoes or clothes or a roof over his head. We wouldn't leave Jesus in agony, unattended, in a leper's colony or on a street corner. Then how can we leave his brothers and sisters in those conditions? No, our faith calls us to do better. Our faith in Christ calls us to live with compassion, earnest compassion, all-consuming compassion, self-sacrificing compassion for all the people of this world who need God's love, who need our love. In June 2008, the con a Congregation for the Causes of the Saints, a committee of the Roman Catholic Church that deals with such matters, acknowledged the remarkable example of faithfulness that Father Damien has given all of us, Protestants and Catholics alike, and recommended him for sainthood. On October 11, 2009, Pope Benedict named him Saint Damien, patron of outcasts, an inspiration for all Christians, for all time. So there you have it. A simple man, a simple faith, and an unwavering devotion to serving those in need. Jesus said to his disciples, whatever you've done for the least of my brothers and sisters, guess what? You've done it for me. Walking in the footsteps of the faithful, my friends, we are challenged by this. So what will we do? What will you do today? In Jesus' name, amen. valuable message we have to share at faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor, and you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you. And I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be. Mm -hmm.